Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Thanks to everyone who listened to my last episode. It really kind of blew up there in the second half of its life. I usually measure the life cycle of an episode from the time it releases, usually around 10, 10 to 11 at night on Thursday to um to the following Thursday. When the next episode released, so like a full five days technically, but it really like it really it, lots of times there's a barrier that the episodes don't break through, and this one really just kind of like once it got past ten, it like shot in a way that um, episodes haven't in a while. But imagine this one might catch on because of what I'm about to talk about, which we'll get into a little bit. But um. If you want to support this podcast, you can do it in a bunch of ways. You can leave me a five-star review. That would be my favorite on your um, podcast listening app of choice. You can also, if you want to make a little monthly donation, you can. I'm not saying you have to, but you can by uh, clicking the link in the description, which is the like catch all which will take you to the catch all homepage for the podcast where you can subscribe in your to the podcast in your app of choice and um you can also click a little thing that says support this podcast and for as little as i believe probably around a dollar or 99 cents a month you can let me know that you're listening and let me know that you like what i'm doing and you know just just it's like a monthly tip almost um, but I will, but I'll be here and doing this regardless of whether or not you even want me to, because I want to, and that's why I do this podcast. So, either way, thanks for listening. But, um, so this week we are talking about, for the first time in a long time, a show I am not so fond of. But strangely, I watch week to week. But we'll get into that in this discussion of Black Clover. Now, before we get into why I am not the biggest fan of Black Clover, although I know it is 
it has a popularity to it because it I see merch for it everywhere and that usually means there's a demand for merch for it and I see that people do like it. I do want to play the opening of the like opening monologue of the show for anybody listening who's maybe hasn't seen Black Clover yet or has seen it and doesn't remember this monologue is there because I think it's important because it's the way that they open every single episode of the show. So here it is. <laughs> Now, the reason they open the show with this is because they want to paint a very direct path of how the show's going to go. And in so to to talk about Black Clover in its entirety, uh, we're gonna have to look at a couple other shows, so just bear with me. And the first one I want to look at, really, is Naruto. Now, and you don't get much more shonen mainstream than a show like Naruto. And there have been lots of people who have pulled from Naruto in in popular recent shows. Um, you can actually go and you can watch um, uh, Bennett the Sage, Old Taku New, New Tricks on My Hero Academia, and he does a really good job of breaking down how exactly My Hero Academia is like Naruto in really concrete ways. But you can also go look at um, uh, Jeff Sue, professional shitbag, um, <laughs> um, video about Bakugo that he put up recently that really shows how Bakugo is the kind of neg is made as a negative character in the cast of a main character like Naruto. But it, whereas My Hero Academia and other shows take the right lessons from the what I'm going to refer to as really the Shonen Jump Big Four. And what I what I mean by that is um One Piece, Naruto Dragon Ball Z and Bleach. Those are the big four. Those are, those are at least. I mean, One Piece and um, One Piece is still going. Naruto has like mutated into Boruto and basically hit restart, but basically kind of hit restart with Boruto and has created a whole new thing of itself. And Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z will never go away, but. In an interesting twist, Bleach has actually wholly ended. It is decided to end. It has a live-action movie that I haven't talked about here because I'm afraid of watching it, yo. I tried to watch that Fullmetal Alchemist movie, and, like, it was, like, instantly repulsed me. <laughs> so, I uh, but I'll probably give that a watch since, since that is on Netflix. But the reason why I want to talk about Naruto particularly is because in Naruto, 
they start with the idea of Naruto having a dream of being the Hokage, being which means being the biggest, baddest ninja in the village, basically. It means being ninja mayor, if that makes any sense. Um, or ninja president of whatever country you're from. Um, but more, it's, it's more akin to, be, to like, being ninja mayor. Um, but in Black Clover, they do the same thing of they want of the main character wants to be the Wizard King. Now, in Naruto, the way they handle it is Naruto wants to be the Hokage, and in the beginning of Naruto, he can't really... He, he, he is seen as a slacker, and he's portrayed as a slacker, and he is this, like... He he's a rambun he's like a rambunctious, uh, wayward kid. He's like a rambunctious delinquent, basically, and uh, he doesn't he doesn't do well in school. He has a teacher who cares about him, but he doesn't like he doesn't appreciate that for a long. For, you're led to believe for a long time until you encounter him in the first episode. But what the show does, ultimately, is it shows that, yes, he, everyone perceives him as this, like, slacker, good-for-nothing, like, weirdo, but ultimately he works hard, and they they reveal that over time. And it, it it's not... But what they the way they do it, and the reason they do it that way, is that they reveal it over time... So you have something to learn about the main character. You have more to start to invest in the main character. It's a kind of... It's Kishimoto's clever way of saying there's more to this, like, lovable misfit than you initially gleamed. In Black Clover, they make it really clear that Asta, that Asta the main character, works his ass off 24-7 all the time. He is always training. And it, and there are other things that compound to make this effect, but you just, you, you end up not caring. It ends up feeling tired almost before, almost before that you see the scene. And the thing about the, the main difference between the character of Naruto, the main character of Naruto, well, not the main difference, but one of the few differences between a main character like Naruto and a main character like Asta, is Naruto, you, you feel the disdain, and the disdain for him feels unearned. And later you're told why that disdain is there, and it feels especially unearned. It is reframed as a kind of bigoted, almost racist scenario. And it's reframed that way because you meet other characters who have the who have the same who have had the same discrimination pushed on them for the same reason. And it 
creates this idea. It cr- it creates this whole sale idea of discrimination of a class of people, in a, in a very small a very small class of people, but a class of people who are in fact actually very valuable and very and very valuable because explicitly because of the way they are not in spite not in spite of it but everyone hates them for it in Asta's case how do I put this he's kind of a he has traits about him that are that make him like that make him seem like a shitbag who should know better, if that makes any if that makes any sense. And the first, the first, the first glimpse you really get of this is his insistence that he's going to marry Sister Lily, and Sister Lily is this nun in the in the beginning chunk of episodes of. A black clover, and she is. And if you know anything about most nuns, they take a vow of chastity. They can't marry. They can't have kids. They can't even have relationships. And Asta is a orphan, and he has fallen in love with Sister Lily. And but what what is disturbing about it is that it. It probably, it's led, to, you're led to believe that it's probably started as this, like, childhood effect crush, but it, it never went away, and no one ever, no one ever sat him down and said, this isn't okay, like, no, this isn't okay. Like, you need to, you need to shape up, young man. And so, the way the show portrays it is... Like full-blown uncomfortable sexual harassment, and if you've heard criticism of Black Clover before, this has almost definitely been in the bullet points that they point to of like this is why this show is obnoxious. And the other reason why Asta's just like shitbag who seems like he should know better is he always screaming. He is obnoxious. He is. He is the bad part of the Naruto of the Naruto character of that he has this, but it like turned up to eleven. So Naruto used to say, "Believe it," and um, in anime, there's a kind of archetype. There's a kind of like arch, not archetype, but like a character trait that lots of people give characters, that lots of shows and manga give characters, of having this, like, a vocal tick, like, um, saying nya at the end of sentences, or, um, in Naruto's case, he said, in Japanese, it's databayo, I believe, I forget what that means, but in, um, the English dub, the term they use is believe it. And he said that, like, all the time. But uh, all the time to punctuate stuff that he says that he wants you to believe. 
it's not um it's not omnipresent. What is omnipresent, however, in Black Clover is Asta's incessant screaming at the top of his lungs. I'm not gonna play it because I don't wanna pierce your eardrums with that. You can go and you can look it up. They have made super cuts of Asta screaming. And it's just it's supposed to be this like it's supposed to be taken as this shonen bravado, but it it comes across more as obnoxious and like it it's like somebody read of it's like someone watched an episode of Dragon Ball Z and they're like, Oh, shonen means they scream at things, right? Which, uh, in some cases, yes. There's lots of screaming at things and people and all that stuff. But by have by having that like bravado towards just like training in the woods by yourself it defeats defeats the point of it. And another training montage I would actually liken this to is kind of from the second rung rung of great shonen action stories. If there is a... And it probably belongs on the first rung. Like, let's say the big four on top. This is like the half... This is like... This shows like in the stairwell on the way down to the second floor. Like, it's still higher than lots of stuff on the second floor. But it's... But it's... Just because of popularity, it's not on the same level as arguably as the big four. And that show is Yu Yu Hakusho. And Yu Yu Hakusho uh, has a training montage in it about when Yusuke trained with Genkai. And there's some there's yelling in that, but it's yelling to punctuate moments of real, like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps moment of, like, real digging deep and, like, get up this cliff with one pinky finger young man kind of thing. That's when he screams. It's not like he's screaming the entire time he's doing sit-ups. Because normal humans don't do that. Crazy humans don't do that. It's not a thing. And it just... It's just a... It's a directorial choice that just frames the character as wanting to be obnoxious and as doing the things that he perceives it's like and this makes even less sense because this is not like a universe where that kind of stuff exists like it could possibly in a universe like like my hero academia but it's like he read a bunch of comic books, and he thought, like, oh, super shonen heroes scream a lot, so I'm gonna scream a lot. It's just a thing that he does, and it's insane and obnoxious. And if I had to... If I had to put into words why I come away from this show kind of wholly disappointed at it, Every time, every week I watch it, and I do watch it week to week every week. Um, it's because 
deeply disappointing because all of the parts of a great shonen show are in Black Clover. They're absolutely all there. And uh, when I say a great shonen show, I mean not necessarily a show like Dragon Ball Z or Naruto or One Piece, although a little a little bit One Piece. I mean a show like Bleach. Because why the story why the story goal, why Asta's story goal is most like Naruto. I the style of the show is most like Bleach. And what I mean by that is after you get out of after Asta gets out of the like orphanage and all that stuff, and he becomes a magic knight, despite all odds, uh, you're presented with a, a kind of situation, a trapping of a situation that's like the Soul Society. And I say that because he's part of a Magic Knight squad, and there's all these other Magic Knight squads, each with a captain and sub-captain, and a bunch of underlings in each squad, some of which have personalities, some of which are just nameless faces. Are are you getting where I'm going with this? They have, it's basically a magic version of the Soul Reapers. And here's where another problem comes into it. They make all these great characters. They make these really great characters. Like, Yami is a weird, quirky as hell good shonen like side character but they don't they, it's like they don't let you care about any of them completely they they use the story moment they use story moments that bleach would have used just to introduce you to the character as a way to make you care about the character when they want you to so for in Yami's case, this is supposed to be a like a medieval European nation, the Clover Kingdom. In Yami's case, Yami is, for all intensive purposes, actually Japanese, and he basically washed ashore after get drifting off in a fishing boat, and he never went back. And that sounds like a cool-ass, interesting story. And there's a story there. And you're given no... You, you're given that? And then it, like... It almost never comes up again. It doesn't matter. It doesn't... It doesn't... You're given that, I want to say, at like in like the 30s. And then by episode 50... It's never come up again. They they have... They give you nuggets of stories that you should care about. And then it's almost like they ask you to forget them. And they write these characters that could be really interesting and then do not a whole lot with them. Like um, another character that they, um, write that is really interesting is this character named Flagolion, and Flagolion is another Magic Knight captain. And 
they work him into the story in a way that suggests that he should know what's going on, but they also make it clear that he probably doesn't. And it just, it feels... It feels like they, like... It feels like, and this, I've read part of the manga, and I can tell you that a lot of this, these story issues come from the original manga. The sound mixing is its own insanity. But, um, they have these, they give you all the building blocks of possibilities to work with in the same way that something like Naruto or Bleach or One Piece, or Dragon Ball Z do, but they don't... They d It's like they're not having enough fun with the concept of... And for those of you who either don't know, don't remember, basically the concept is, this is a world in which magic is real, you are limited to being able to use one type of magic per person, and... While you can use magic on on your own without any help, generally the best way to use magic, the most powerful way to use magic, is by using what's called a grimoire, which is basically a magic textbook. Um, and by using your grimoire, you can perform insanely powerful spells. And in this, at this point, I think it's a good point, a good time to bring up. Asta's adopted brother, adopted brother, and rival, you know. And now, this is another comparison to um, Naruto, is that you know is very much the kind of per a kind of per a kind of character in the vein of Sasuke, except you know has decided he wants to be the magic king the Magic King 2. And so, he and Astra are competing directly against each other to be the Magic King. And... Uh, or, be, or be the Wizard King, rather. The Magic King, Wizard King. The Wizard King. And... But the thing is, is that it doesn't... You don't get a real feeling that Astra wants to be the Wizard King. That, um... Um, Yuna wants to be a wizard, the Wizard King. And that could be because Asta is so f fucking hyper and so hyped up in his own insanity that nothing could ever match that... Nothing can ever match that energy output. But it, it's... You know, it's so deadpan and so... Like... emotionless that you don't you don't see and you don't see him struggle the thing that makes the thing that makes Sasuke's character work the thing that saves Sasuke from being a total asshole is that you see him struggle with things you see him struggle with like oh I want like I think Naruto's annoying but I'm, I'm also his friend and later on in Shippuden, you see him struggle with the morality of the things he's doing, and 
as he becomes a war criminal. And you see him invent reasons for himself to justify what he's doing to people as he does bad things for what he believes are a good purpose. And there's none of that in you know. You know it's just this like flat like yeah I want to be the Wizard King too but I'm more talented and taller and handsomer. And it's just he just comes off as an asshole. It's not there's nothing endearing there. There's just a cold snideness. And you're given backstory, I think in episode 3 actually, of, you know, Asta defending Yuno, and Yuno, like, realizing, like, oh, Asta really is my brother, whether we're blood-related or not. And they start... They have a real bond there, but that's the only... It's it that then it makes no sense that he is so like mean to Ashta even at the moments when he when he deserves it like when he's hara- when he's sexed I'm I will always say this when he's sexually harassing Sister Lily to marry him when he's trying to force Sister Lily into an unwanted marriage. You know, doesn't like say like, "Hey, man, that's not cool. Come over here. We need to have a chat about women and like respecting their values," which honestly would probably never happen in this show or most shows. It would be cool if it did, but I, he's just like, "You're an asshole. Stop it." He he has he has no he has no empathy to him. And if that, and if that is no empathy to him for a person he cares about so far, then at least it's logical he has no empathy for other people around him. And it, it just... It makes him less of... Certainly less of a character that you want to spend time with, but less of a character that you're even interested in, because you know... You know that he's just this kind of cold jerk. And he does have these flaring, like, flaring, like, Asta gets to him moments. But A, Asta gets to everybody. And B, I, it doesn't surprise you because he's always kind of snidely pissed at everything anyway. And, now, here's a Here's the big thing. Here's the really big important thing about the beginning of um, Black Clover and the thing that sets it apart from all all of the big all of the shonen all of the big for shonen thing, but curiously enough, kind of links it to Yu Hakusho. In Yu Hakusho, it's very clear. That everyone aside from Yuha, from Yusuke's mother, everything's everyone behind, besides Yusuke's mother, and Keiko, his love interest, and Kuwabara, who is basically his best friend, think he's a piece of trash. When you're introduced to him, they think he's a, 
piece of trash delinquent. And it's not that they're right, it's just that by them repeating it enough, you get the feeling like it's been repeated enough in to his face that they that he acknowledges it because it has to be true. And that's but those characters who think he's just the who think he's just the trashy delinquent are presented in a negative light. And because uh, you should, and because the show is trying to say more, is trying to make a moral argument of like you should never treat another person like this, much less a kid. Like if, if a kid is doing bad things, he's a kid. <laughs> it's not always it's not always expected of children that they are to be like perfect, upstanding members of society. They'll they may straighten out, and in use case, use case case. In his own way, he straightens out. In his own way, he was always straightened out. But the and this is the weird thing. It's it's bizarre because Asta is treated like a charity case by all the adults in the first couple episodes. And yes, that goes away, but it their astonishment that he is capable of achieving things never does. And it's just... It, it, it doesn't make you feel bad for Asta, because the show makes you very aware that... He is capable of something amazing, maybe not involving magic, but something amazing at that point because they they have these shots of him basically shirtless, and he is like a hundred and two percent muscle. But what it does is it makes you kind of hate the sporting cast on top of on top of not being not very fond of Octa and. Because they they all just kind of like sit him down, and instead instead of being instead of being like Deku's mom, where Deku's mom realized that Deku was never going to be able to have a quirk and therefore be a hero, and trying and like being truly sad about the fact that she had to tell her son that his dream was never going to come true. And but then support him in the best way she knew how, in spite of that. That these characters they just say, like, well, you're never gonna be able to use magic, Asta. You might as well give up. They tell him to give up, and that's what this divergent most from Naruto actually is. Naruto had characters like Iruka Sensei. Like, um, Jiraiya, like Tsunade, like even Saratobi, the third Hokage, who at all points didn't just believe in him, but stuck up for him and stuck by him when he was just a punk kid who was, who didn't have a mom or dad and, like, lashed out at people. But meanwhile, you have a character like Asta, who's not lashing out. He's trying his 
honest best to to help people to like better himself and all the adults in his life for like the first three four episodes I'm like uh, maybe maybe you should just just not because you suck at everything and you, you you should die in a you should die in a hall and it's just it's not it, it later on they get, he gets this support system in first the form of Yami who takes a liking to him and f- for reasons that he explains later but up until then, he's just, just like he's portrayed as this magicless loser all the while, while the show says oh, this guy, this guy is is like going to be something great. You just don't know what yet. But the characters of the show treat him like a magicless loser and treat him like he's worthless constantly, and that's just like. It's a really shitty nihilistic way to tell the story you're trying to tell. What you could have and what would make... And I know I'm going down the road of rewriting a show in my brain, but I gotta, I can't stand it anymore. I What you could have is you could have a moment when one of the adult characters in Asta's life that's like, yeah, you can't use magic like you know, but I have like like you can do other things, you can be useful. And um in my hero academia there's a moment when Deku's mom feels very strongly that she can't let Deku continue to go back to um, UA, and she says, you know, maybe you can join, maybe, and she's like, I, I just can't do it, you're too important to me, I don't want you to get hurt or even worse, and it feels, it's a very human moment for Deck for that character, because you know she cares about him, because she's very excited that he has a quirk, but she is scared for her son. And she's like, maybe you can go to a different hero school. Maybe you can do something else. And that is so sincere that it changes Deku's mind about going back to UA. And he says, like, I could join the police academy. I could do this. I can be useful in some other way. And even before that, when he didn't have a quirk, his idea was ultimately to become a police officer. His, the adult in his life, or it, both of his parents, but you're shown his mom. I don't know if you ever see his dad, but you, you're shown his mom all the time. The adults in his life help him cope with the shortcomings he can't help and make the best of it, instead of saying, there's no point, so you might as well give up. And I, I, I know what the show was going for. The show was trying to project, 
to create this atmosphere of hopelessness for this character. It was try it was trying to it was trying its best to construct this at this like tomb of hopelessness around the character that the character could seemingly never escape. But because of the way they wrote the character, because of the way the character is treated outside of that, outside of interactions with the other, with his parental figures or his quote-unquote family, you you instantly know that's not true. So it, you're just watching the whole thing and like, these guys are real dickbags. What's wrong with them? I know Asta screams a lot, but he's got something. And if you can't see that, you're an asshole. And it's just... And so, at this point, I'm going to talk about the rest of the show. Because I primarily talked about the beginning with Akta and you know And I forget the, fa- the priest's name, but the father who is just like... Tells Asta to give up, um, and Sister Lily, who is the object of um, Asta's unwanted affection. Um, but that's just the first part of the show. This is the part I made it past to make it to what is now episode 49 that I'm watching, because I'm watching it dubbed on um, Funimation. Once you get out of that setting and you get into the greater world of Black Clover, it doesn't get much better. And the reason for that is because, yes, Asta's the special and it's made very clear that he's the special. But this show is a whole that is not as that a whole with a part so greater than the sum of than the sum of them, if that makes any sense. Meaning that there are chunks of this show that are inspired and great and fun as hell. But when they add all all add up to an episode or to the series, it just doesn't hold up to scrutiny. And to um to demonstrate this, I actually want to talk about the most recent arc that has still not fucking concluded. I, and that is the, um, and what's his name? The guy, there's basically this guy who, just was, who uses what's called beast magic. And he is this, like, evil lion dude who Asta and other members of the Black Bulls, the wizard the wizard knight the wizard knight squad the magic knight squad that he's a part of are fighting and they have the and they come up with a really contrived interesting cool ass way to fight him and it, it, the fight involves really specific and really delicately coordinated teamwork in a way that I I'll be honest I've never quite seen in a shonen show to date and I've watched a bunch I've been doing I've been watching anime for a while at this point but it just 
they managed to beat him. And then he gets back up, which, which, to be fair, is not uncommon in shonen fight scenes. Lots of times they have a thing where, like, the main character didn't quite do it, so the more powerful than the main character, like, captain character, need to show up and do it. Like Yami. And Yami does show up to do it. But they end that on a cliffhanger like it's gonna keep going. And this mismanagement of the end of an arc is just goddamn devastating. Because this entire show, you're feeling like, man, stuff is taking too fucking long to get done. And, which is astonishing since at, from a shonen perspective, the arcs in this show go pretty quickly. They're pretty bite-sized comparatively. Like, they only take let's say five to ten episodes. If you know anything about shonen anime, uh, One Piece takes hundreds of episodes to get through something. Dragon Ball Z can take 30. Um, hell, Yu Yu Hakusho took like 60 episodes or something to get through one of its tournament arcs. But, because they fumble the ball at the last minute in this show, and they stretch it out, almost like they're trying to pad the story out by making ev- by animating every single manga panel. Uh, they get you to the point where you where they say, "Okay, you don't need to worry about this guy. He's dead. We we did it. We we beat him." And then they keep going with the damn fight, and and you, the viewer, are just baffled because you're like, "You did it. It's done." What the hell? <laughs> and it's just... And the reason why I want to talk about this show is for twofold. Because I think I think this show is... Bad in, in, in an interesting way. I think it's bad in a way that there is a good... There is a good version of Black Clover in there somewhere. There And there are really interesting storylines in in the show that make you keep watching it but the elements are so mishandled because it feels like a grab bag of like shonen tropes and more than a couple people have said that this show is made to be kind of the perfect grown in a lab shonen action show and while, yes, shows like that don't have a great history of, you know, being great, My Hero Academia is a show like that. It is kind of wholly formed out of the shonen trope of anime and manga. But what My Hero Academia does is it deftly handles things like a romantic subplot like rival characters, like asshole good guys, like 
the duality of are you doing the right thing or not. But this show just... It's handling of all that stuff is sloppy. And to give you an idea, in... um. In My Hero Academia, the romantic subplot between Uraraka and Deku is, while adorable, is very real because they have a friendship and there is a... Uraraka clearly likes Deku, like, like is clearly in love with him. And Deku reciprocates, but because they're awkward teenagers, they don't, like, and they're trying to be good people about it, it's not like they're, they've acted on it yet. But in addition to that, yes, Deku likes Uraraka, but Uraraka has a really deep admiration for Deku because she sees in him what she wants to be what she believes is good in the universe. And the show makes you very aware of what she sees in him. What she likes, if not loves, about him. In Black Clover, you have Noelle. And Noelle is this, like, former ro- is this royal fuck-up, literally, she is a, she's from one of the most powerful family, one of the most powerful royal families in the Clover Kingdom, but she's the fuck-up of the bunch, so she gets stuck in the Black Bulls instead of, I think it's the Silver Eagles, where the rest of her family is, where the rest of her family members go. Um, and it's made very clear, she is a really hot and heavy crush on Asta. But it's not... It's... It's played in a way where, A, everybody aside from Asta picks up on it. And... They just... They write it in a way where, like, you have to be really inconsiderate. They write it in a way where it feels like Asta's inconsiderate for not acknowledging it. The way that it's written in, um, My Hero Academia, it, it's as if Uraraka and Deku are getting naturally closer and closer, uh, growing naturally closer and closer. And, but they, it feels natural, and they, they are acknowledging each other. But in Black Clover, they're not acknowledging each other. One is having clear feelings for the other, but she's not being acknowledged. And the way it's written, it's like he's being an inconsiderate douchebag. And then they have two other love interests on top of that, that he totally, he totally, like, he doesn't, he also doesn't, it flies straight through his head, and 
they have these and that that's true of every male character in the game and they they can't write a female character in this show without them having some sort of romantic sexualized dimension uh, um and there's a there's a magic knight captain who is supposed to be this strong powerful woman who is the head of an all female magic knight squad and she's revealed to be like have a very public closet crush on Yami, the the head of the Black Bull, that, and she's just absolutely embarrassed, but she's a Cindere, so she, like, can't fess up to it. And that... That undercuts that character, the, like, selling point of that character for people in a really meaningful way, because it says, like, yes, she's a strong woman, but she really wants to be with a strong man, and that's really important, Right? And it just, it's like, that feels gross. And add to that, the Noel having a arc of growth constantly, but that arc of growth is... always has to do with Asta, and it's like, it feels very much like she never gets her own... like, she never gets to earn her own growth... It's always through Asta somehow. It's never a self-actualizing thing. And... It reminds me of a moment in Naruto, actually. And I know I keep bouncing around to all these other big shonen shows. But it's, it's hard to talk about Black Clover and what is wrong with it without referencing these other shows because... It's clearly pulling from all these other shows, but it's pu- it's pulling the wrong lessons and it's handling the lessons that it does take badly. So in so to that end, in Naruto, there's a scene in Naruto Shippuden where Sakura decides Sakura decides on her own that she is going to tell Naruto that she loves him. And to give up on Sasuke because... Not because she doesn't love him, but because she does love him and she is willing to give up on her true love, Sasuke, because she doesn't want to see the guy who stood by her for her entire... for While Sasuke ran away to be a war criminal die just to bring someone back to her. She doesn't she doesn't want to lose two friends if she can help it. So she makes the decision. She makes a true and honest decision. And Naruto acknowledges what she's doing, but he also says, you know, I hate people who lie to themselves. And he in that moment, he acknowledges what Sakura is doing, that he appreciates it, 
but that what he wants is for her to be really happy, not for her to settle. And in, in not only that moment, but the moment where, um, what's her face? Um, ah, uh, where he not a wholesale confesses to him by fighting off pain earlier in the show. Uh, Naruto's, like, game, so to speak, with, with the ladies is revealed, A, to be there at all, but B, to be natural. Here it just feels like eventually they're going to throw the characters at one another. In Black Clover, eventually the, they're just going to narratively throw the characters at one another. And in the end, Asta will be the Wizard King and Noelle will be his wife or something insane like that. Or Noelle will be his assistant and it will never, and her crush will never be realized. Is also a way I can see it going. But it just... The whole show just has this sloppiness to it. And it's, it really... It's really unfortunate. Because it... It has all the building blocks to be a great show. And it has all the building blocks for you, the viewer, to like invent your own character. Like, I... So, to give you an idea, I did think through what I would want to be if I was in this universe. I would want to use something like alcohol magic, where I used alcohol to, like, get drunk and do cool magic attacks. And that's possible. This show tells you that's possible by having characters with, like, threat, with not just, like, dark magic, light magic, anti-magic, all that stuff, but with, like, Thread magic and sheep magic and mirror magic and all this other stuff like proper noun plus n magic is basically the rule set for this. Um, and it allows you to be very creative, but and this brings it back to what it really is its ultimate like its ultimate grandfather bleach. They don't act... It feels like they're constantly not acting on it in a really excellent way because... The beauty of a character like Byakuya, like Byakuya Kutsuki in Bleach is he is this hyper version of a of like a traditional Japanese idea of of a cherry blossom of cherry blossoms when he attacks he uses like he creates basically a cherry grove of, grove of swords that explodes into cherry blossoms that will blender you to death basically and it's this beautiful holy Japanese pushing imagination to the limit of what is possible thing. And this B Black Clover's 
attempts at that feel like the falling, like the constantly falling just short, because they feel they feel too expected, and they feel like they like like yes, they're playing by the rules, but you feel like you shouldn't be able to read the game board that well. On that note, I've been railing against Black Clover for about an hour now. Um, but... Actually, for about an hour and a half now. Wow. But I... If you do like Black Clover, there's nothing wrong with that. I obviously have feelings about the show. But if you... If you're on the edge and you've been watching it, and you're like, I like it, but there's like there's some oddity to it. Like it feels just off. Take a real look at it in the next in the next couple episodes, and you'll see what I'm talking about. You'll see kind of you'll see the faults, if I may be so bold, and you'll see that it doesn't really hold itself together all that well. Um, but on that note. If you like this podcast, this one's been a little different, but if you like this podcast, you can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, or your podcast app of choice. Um, you can leave a five-star review on any of the apps. Um, let me know how good a job I'm doing, or if you think I'm doing a bad job, you can leave a five-star review and let me know how bad I'm doing, and I will take notes. But, um, I have been Alex, and this has been Lunchbox Radio, and I will talk to you next time. I've been crying for hours, baby. I wish you were here. Kimmy ga kureta all those letters. Yomikaes tabi ni. The pain's gone.